And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% and on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big Sean McCarthy. We are back once again with the Weighing In Podcast. Josh the Real Punk Thompson and me, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. And we're going to have a special, almost year-end type show, even though we got a lot more shows for the year. We decided since it's the last show that we're doing with Bellator for the year, we got to do something special here. No, no, you decided. No, 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 we decided. It was we, we, we. And so we decided that we were going to do the Packy One Chip Challenge. So, and you would think this is, it's one little chip. Look at one, one little, chip. little chip, one little chip. And he's all, look at, guy used to go in front of thousands of people in his underwear and fight. And he wasn't worried about that. And he's worried about this. So we're going to do that. The real I question nice is, butt. of course I'm okay with underwear fighting. <laughs> what are you looking at your own ass for? I do it all the time in the mirror. Oh my God. That's, <laughs> that's pathetic. <good> stuff. <laughs> uh, so the real question is, are we going to do this now? And then actually try to do a podcast and talk about fights and talk about everything that's going on because we got a lot of cool news with like Rumble Johnson signing with yep. Bellator. That's why I wore the hat. It's for you, Rumble. And then we've also got Bellator 254 coming up. And we've got the UFC where we have Devison Figueroa against Brandon Moreno 21 days after he defended his title. Now he's going to defend it again. And we also have... Tony Ferguson coming back fighting Charles Oliveira. This is the first time we've had an audience for our We have an audience. I wonder why we have one. We have an audience because we've been talking about this. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we've been talking about this for what? Two weeks now? Yeah. About a week and a half, like two that. weeks. Yeah. And, um, the grand idea. And I've, been, and I've been regretting every second I said I would do this for the last two weeks. But we are going to do it today. We're going to do it now. Oh, okay. You got but it. I want you guys, if we're going to do this, I'm going to suffer. Is that why you're wearing those we're, those fancy gloves? because yes, I don't want to rub my eyes after. You want to go ahead and give it with no gloves. You go right ahead. Uh, as soon as I eat the chip, I'm going to take these gloves off, and then hopefully I'll be safe. Okay. Oh, gosh. All right. So, hold on. This is your chip. It's sealed. I want yours because I okay, want maybe you, you switched it. Mine. I don't give a shit. It don't matter to me. It's all the same. <laughs> this little chip, though, has 30 calories. Oh, my God. I'm there trying, goes your abs. Right I'm there. trying to watch my figure. Yeah, well, your figure's gone out the fucking window already. Okay. So don't worry all right. About it. All right. So here we go. All right. So hold on. You guys, you guys are interested in this? <laughs> this is horrible. This is awesome. Oh, jeez. All right. It's a lot harder to open things with gloves on. Good it's excuse not to do this. <laughs> the seal. Oh, about the seal. All right. There we go. Oh, child, look at this. It's, it's childproof. 2020, the packy, real peppers, real heat. Yeah, I'm a little upset Good. we, um, well, I'm a little upset that we didn't get like a t shirt. Look at this. this is meant for us. See, it's got boxing gloves here on both with the Grim Reaper. That's a beautiful thing right They've there. They've got it double packaged. This is, all right. Okay, okay. <clears throat> okay, so I have a little bit of milk behind me. Uh, we have no touch. We have no bread. Um, okay. Yeah. We're opening this bad boy up. My eyesight's gotten. I think I just broke it. Okay. I broke it. It's childproof. Oh no, dude, you did. I, we did break it. I think I just broke the chip too. How do you open this thing? I don't know. There we go. Did you get it? Yeah. It's. It's a little. Yeah. I'm trying not to break the All chip. Right, it's black. I thought it was red. Oh, it's black. Oh, lovely. Don't drop half that chip on the ground. I'm not dropping. You better eat it all, buddy. Oh, Are you ready? oh, oh. <sighs> <laughs> This is fucked up. <laughs> what are you laughing at, Gian? Should have came with life insurance. Oh, life insurance. I like that. Okay. 
All right, so this doesn't even look. This is this looks like a dog turd. It's great, flattened out dog turd. You're good. Look, I've got like extra stuff on it. Can I flick it off? Extra nothing. Let me see yours. The same damn thing. Uh, Where's the rest of your chip? It's on the floor. It's on the floor. It's on the floor. (laughs) Big John's cheating. It's black. See how much of the chip you tried to drop? What a cheater! I knew he was gonna do that. Oh God! (laughs) You eat the whole thing? God. Oh. <laughs> this is already not good. Oh, we gotta start the time. You got like a five minute window here. This is gonna be horrible. It's beautiful. Oh, Mari. Mari's wedding. <laughs> so with the Packy One Chip Challenge, the big thing is. It supposedly builds, gets hotter, which it's doing, but we're going to sit here. (laughs) (laughs) Five minutes and he can have milk. So that's what we're going to do. Oh, my God. So Bellator signs Rumble Johnson. What are you doing? I'm trying to get through this. We have a podcast to do. I'm going to punch you. (laughs) It's only been 45 seconds, by the way. It is good. Oh, God. Don't (laughs) point that that way. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, baby. Yeah. You good now? Nah. All right, so Bellator signs Rumble. Hey, this is big news. Will you stop? This is why I said we should do it at the end of the show. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) Here, wipe your brow. I see tears coming out of his eyes. Come on, baby. Holy shit. You're putting... Oh. <laughs> I got the hiccups. And they're bad. Oh, my God. Be a big boy. It feels horrible. How big a boy are you? <sighs> well, it really doesn't taste. It's just hot. But it's no big deal. So you ready to talk? Give me a sec. Oh, my God. People are trying. People to, are are embarrassed right people now. People are relating. People to me. are embarrassed by. You. They have been through this. Pro- <laughs> Come on, baby, suck it up. It's only been two and a half minutes. No, nope, it's been two minutes and twenty five seconds. Now you can be at two minutes and a half. Come on, ready to go? Where's the rest of your chip? <laughs> My chip is gone, baby. Woo. Okay. All right, so you're got to get you more in the picture. Oh, okay. I can do that. Yeah. Boom. Oh, okay, so rumble. Yeah, baby, come on. Talk. It's air in your mouth. It'll get hotter. I could, don't give two <laughs> craps about anybody else right now except for this. <laughs> this is pretty miserable. I'm trying to be kind. I've got like the... Ooh. Here, hold it. I got stuff for you. Two minutes left. Two minutes, and I get to drink some milk. 
I have right here. Okay, okay. It's it's not good. <laughs> it's not as it's not quite as bad as the uh what uh, what is his name? Akbar. I saw his video yeah, of him doing it. Look at you're you're actually sweating worse you're than me. Hot. You're sweating worse than me. Little pat. I'm just hoping it, it doesn't come out See, because I, I have a hat, so it's holding heat in. I'm hoping it doesn't come out both ends. It just comes oh, in. <laughs> Perfect. Let's go. Oh man. Oh man. All right. Okay. So okay. So let's talk about. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's talk about Akbar. <laughs> let's talk about you crying right now. Akbar. Akbar's chip challenge video, which right. was pretty good. Jen. She's Jen Brown showed, so she's here filming us. By the way, that's her. That's her friend. She worked with him. Yes. <sighs> He's a lot tougher than Josh. No, no, no. He had snot coming out of his nose, by the way. He had more than snot. Yeah, and he was... (laughs) I was just burping. (laughs) I was just trying to get the... I'm seeing like little... You know, like when you guys... You see the little dots kind of going down? Like when you blink a lot, it looks like it's raining Well, you're blinking because you're crying right now. Come on, baby. Look at this is embarrassing. I, I was just a referee. You know, referees are soft. Fighters yeah. are tough. Look at you. Suck it up, goddammit. I'm, I'm okay. Suck I'm it really, up. I'm okay. I'm good. All right. There we go. Okay. So back to me not being good. <laughs> it's like a 12 plus. Yeah, we're at like a 12 plus. I was a 12 plus nervous, but it, it actually lived up to the 12 plus. <laughs> and then, you know, the weird part is the more you talk, the hotter it gets because the wind goes in and out. Like the, your breath. <laughs> the wind. It's the wind. When you breathe in, it cools it a little bit. But when you breathe out, really bad. It's okay. Okay. Oh, we're at five minutes. I get that. Five twenty-one, baby. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. I'll let you. I just don't want it to. I don't want it to uh, come out. Switch it around. Come on. Wash. All right. That's actually. Are you ready now? Are you ready? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's get it on. Come on. Ah, ah, ah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I'm glad I didn't really, like, let it touch my lips at all. I just <laughs> you had to get it all in there. All right. Okay. So let's talk about Anthony Rumble Johnson. Please. Let's go. Let's okay, go. Okay. Let's so, go. <clears throat> we had people. We had. We <laughs> We <laughs> <laughs> Come on, here. No, the, have, the milk helps. You can have mine. The too. milk helps. The milk. There you helped. go. No, I think I might be good with just half. So we had people. Let almost, me hear it. It was almost two guys, one cup. Oh <laughs> no 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 no! Oh shit! That's bad. That was a good one. Come on, let's hear it. Mm. All right, but I'm glad someone else got you yours because oh, <clears throat> um. Okay, so look, when we're going to talk about Anthony Rumble Johnson, we'll talk about also the Yoel Romero situation. Okay. People are trying to compare the two things. One totally person, different. it's completely different. That's like saying, hey, why did the Kansas City Chiefs sign Le'Veon Bell when Herschel Walker is out there still? Herschel's my boy. But guess yeah. what? He's not, he doesn't want to be in the, he, he can't play at that level anymore. Yoel, well, can, still, on, Yoel yeah. can still play at that okay. level. There you go. Yoel. But we also... Whew, 
is going to go on throughout the show. Mm-hmm. So we're either going to do really good on this show or no one's going to listen. This is why listen. I wanted to do it. This is why I wanted to, I wanted you guys to understand my pain. Gia, can you can you edit out all of his pain? Please. I don't think I can. Oh, my God. <laughs> Come on, baby. And so that being said, I think that Yoel is at 44. He'll be 45 probably this year, you know, middle of next year, next year sometime. At 45 years old, we can't do, no one can do anything with him. <clears throat> PFL has already said no. Bellator has said no. I don't know if 1FC is involved. Okay, but when you say you can't do anything with him, let's let, let's just be honest. He was ranked, depending upon where you're at, in the UFC, he was ranked number four. In MMA, uh, MMA Junkie had him uh, ranked at number six. So you're looking at a guy who is either somewhere, we'll say number five in the world. Yeah. And you're going to say that because of his age, he can't fight. Well, we, we know he can fight. We know he's that good yeah. and we know he's that athletic. Yeah. But I always look at this. It's where do you go with it? Because And, and this is where people start to question you. Well, if you're going to take someone like Rumble, who is 36 years of age, yeah. and not take Yoel, well, they're both old. No. Your big difference is this. Mileage is one thing, and mileage is a big thing on a fighter. And when you're taking a look at a 36-year-old, that's eight years. So the difference would be if, you know, if if Rumble was 50 years of age, all right, that's basically the difference you're looking at, you know, 52 years of age compared to what Yoel is right now. So there's a huge difference in age, and there's a big difference as far as what when a fighter starts to actually lose that ability to compete with the very best again. And and you don't know when Yoel is going to be that guy when he loses that ability to be at the very top. It could be that he goes another five years and can fight with anybody. Or it could be that he goes a year and then it's over. He can't compete with the very best. So that's the real thing that you're looking at. You've got to look and say you're going off of age based upon the, the time that that person can actually be productive in the sport is obviously going to be limited, and you're gambling the older they get that that limit is going to stay on your side instead of being on the opposite and closing down real fast, and now you've got a guy that you really can't do something with. No, no, this is what this I agree with what you're saying, <clears throat> but there's another level to that whole thing. The other level is... You bring him in, and he is the ultimate gatekeeper. He's the guy that kills all your young talent and beats all your undefeated fighters that are on their way to the top. UFC got rid of him for that exact reason. The young guys cannot beat him. The level of which he fights, sure, maybe one might trickle through. But up until then, you're ruining the potential of building guys that can be undefeated all the way to a title shot. That that makes you more money. Having a fighter fight for, for the title... Against a Jan Blahovich or against um, <clears throat> against uh, John Jones or whoever, you're going to make more money off your pay per views that way. If you bring in your younger talent and Yoel is just the ultimate gatekeeper in the fact that he just smashes all your young guys or he beats them or barely beats them, and now they've lost to a 44 year old or a 45 year old, <clears throat> I can't market that guy as well as I could have had he got to the title shot being undefeated. And so that's realistically what it all comes down to is that that conversation of the UFC at the top regime of the UFC, they're like, he's not going to be champion. He's fought for the title, what, four or five times? 
He's made weight three times. Two of the times he didn't get to fight for the title because he didn't make weight. You're having that conversation of wasn't that his fight with Rock? I think with Rockwell he didn't make weight. Rockwell. He won. Rockwell, obviously, Rock said Rockwell. He he won the fight, but he didn't make the weight, so he couldn't win the title. No, that fight that fight wasn't for the title. I thought it was supposed to be for the title. I don't think so. No, intern B- title. No, he had already beaten Bisping, I believe. No, it, who had? Uh, no, Bisping had already beaten uh, Rockhold. Yeah, that but was his Bisping next fight. Had lost to to Saint Pierre, oh. and there was no title, and they were going to do an <sighs> interim title. I thought, or somewhere in there, I, I thought. Yeah, the we're, I think we're getting. The, I think we're getting the days mixed. The, the, the times. I could. Mixed I up. could definitely have it mixed up, but I thought the Rockhold versus Romero was supposed to be for the title. <sighs> And then it ended up where well, it could have been for Rockhold if he had won. Yeah, but you because Yoel Romero didn't make weight. Yeah. Okay. So, but to get look, yeah, not to get off off track. See, this anyways. chip has got you just losing. Like, <clears> no, no, you got snot coming out of your nose a little bit though. <laughs> Do I? Yeah. Yes. I'll get it out. <laughs> got little boogers. Yeah, no boogers. What's up? You got something to say, John? It was for the uh, uh, interim uh, UFC middleweight championship. Okay. Thank okay. you but very Romero much, John. You see why we yeah. have you but there? Yeah, that's why we have you here. See, for once you're earning your keep. Um, look, it really just comes down to the promotion. If the UFC is saying it's not a good business deal for them. Why do you think other promotions are going to think it's a good business deal for them? <clears throat> look, just because fighters come from the UFC, like I, I think Ariel, I don't like to give Ariel a lot of props, but he, him and DC talked about this. Other uh, fighters or other, other promotions are not promotion. Other podcasts have talked about it as well. That. Just because you're a UFC guy doesn't mean that the other fighters want to slurp you up. Other promotions. Other promotions, I mean. Yes. The thing with it, though, is that, Joel, sure, he can still fight. Yep. You don't want someone beating your young talent and making them look bad and using the potential or losing the potential chance of having a young, talented fighter get all the way to the top, being undefeated or only with one loss or and, and getting there and being able to market that. And that's what Joel is doing. And it's not any part. It's not not his fault at all. It's just that promotions are not going to take that chance. There's just no way. It's not. It's not. It's not possible, especially now, with what's going on in Bellator. You guys have got to see what's going on. If you guys don't, if you guys aren't watching Bellator enough to understand what they're doing, the days of the hoist and the and the and the Ken Shamrocks is over. The data of five thousand and Kimbo, it's done. And I've we've said this. Yep. We both have talked about this for the last since July. We've been saying it's done. The one silver lining in this not having fans has realized, has made, I think has, has made everyone realize if you're not putting on the best fights, people don't care. Yeah. And we are now putting on the best fights. Best fights you can. The best fights with you can fighters. with the best fighters you yeah, have. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's, and it's been showing, it's been showing in, in the amount of people that we've gotten to tune in. We've been seeing the amount of uh, social media activity. It just Rumble will bring that to that weight class of, you know, whoever's going to be there. You know, Corey Anderson, him and Corey would be a great fight. Him and Nemkov, a fucking amazing fight. You know, Phil Corey Davis. and uh, Phil Davis in that mix as well. You know, I know Machida's getting older, you know, but a mix up in there trying to guys like Machida would frustrate the shit out of AJ. AJ's one of my best, my best friends, man. Like I know him very well. And it's just one of those situations. I know, I know AJ. AJ is true. He's got the speed. He's got the power. He's got all those things. But AJ would like to, he wants to get in front of you and he wants to punch you in the face. That's because he's good at that. Machida is a guy you've got to catch. It doesn't mean he can't be knocked. Yoel Yoel was able to knock him out. But I think when you get into that, 
He can't make a mistake either, though, with Machida. Well, Yoel was able to knock him out when he took him to the took ground. Him to the ground, yes. I don't see Anthony actually being able to take Machida to the ground. Yeah, it's not not that Anthony doesn't have good wrestling. He he is he a, does. He's got good wrestling, but that's not his forte. Mm-hmm. And when you take a look at someone like Machida, Machida's got really outstanding anti wrestling. He's very hard to get in on without <clears throat> without him hitting you. So, yeah, it's one of those where you would look at that fight and you can say. AJ could win it, no doubt about it. He's got the power to knock anybody out in, on any shot. But when you're looking at with Machida, he's got to be in the stand-up, and now he's fighting a guy who's elusive, who creates these problems with you missing, and he's going to be frustrated in that type of fight. So yeah. there's a lot of guys out there that you look at right now in Bellator. You know, he's got a lot of good matchups. Even you know Carl Albrechtson is a guy that. Oh, I forgot about him. Talk about a guy that's tough in the stand-up game and takes big shots to Mm -hmm. deliver his. There's a lot of guys that, you know what, they match up, and I think Anthony's going to have fun in those matchups. It's just a good fit. Yeah, look, look, in no way am I saying Machida beats AJ. But I'm saying that it just just brings a little bit of an idea like he's going to be elusive. He's going to be hard to hit, and, and the frustration may set in with AJ. It may not. But then um, the Nemkov fight really, oh, and the Corey Anderson fight, see. both those fights to me, and you know, and and I gotta tell you, I think here, even if he is to win the title, let's say AJ, I don't want to get to that point. Like I'm saying, but it, let's say he gets to the title, he wins the title. Who's to say he doesn't go up there and try to fight Ryan Bader? He's already beaten Ryan Bader. Oh yeah. Why doesn't he try to get to heavyweight and fight a heavyweight? You know he can fight a heavyweight. He did in the PF. I thought the World I Series thought of fighting. that's what he was gonna do because no. he was huge. Yeah, he was. No, he spent this last year getting losing his weight, weight down, losing weight, getting his weight back down. He looks like a shit brick house in the fucking gym. I talked to Henry Hoof just last the last time we had a show here. He's like, he looks good. Speed's back on yeah, track. And he's Henry said that his power is like almost increased. Yeah. Because he's hitting fucking hard. Yep. So. I mean, it's the matter of like, he's always had that, that herky-jerky, not herky-jerky like Keith Jardine style. No, no, no. But he moves like he, yeah, he moves his hands. He's always loaded up. He's always ready to go. He brings a threat to the division. They don't just make it more exciting. And here's the other thing. He brings a style that's going to make people tune in. Yep. He's always brought a style that's going to make people tune in. Because he can, he can <clears throat> put your lights out with one shot. You know? And so uh, there's... When you want to compare the two between Yoel and him, it's the this is the thing. The, the two things that we just talked about. The age plays such a factor, and it's not so much the age. It's it's the age in terms of you don't know if he's going to last one more year, six more months, or five or eight more years. You don't it's, know. That's it. You don't know. It's, it's a gamble. He is Joel is a is gifted. He's oh, blessed. Everything incredible. about him, and I would love to see him fight in Bellator. I just know with the direction of the promotion that they're headed, they're they're going young and they're signing all the best and young talent that they possibly can. Magomed Magomedov, who makes his debut tomorrow, stud. Absolute stud, you know. And then the guy he's fighting, Matos, Mateo, Mateo He's same thing. Ex- ex- absolute stud. These guys are fucking savages. They're young, up and coming guys. <clears throat> and only, hungry. The only person that Magomed Magomedov has lost to is Peter Yan. The only person Peter Yan's lost to is Magomed Magomedov. Well, that lets you know, like that's how fucking good this same kid is. Same with Matos. Who did he lose to? You lost to Peter Young. You lost to Peter Young. That little three. You know, know what I mean? So like they had that. Like they had come from the ACB promotion. They're here now in Bellator. Look, Bellator's going young. I know AJ is not young, but he still has a lot left in the tank. Yep. You just don't know when Yoel's tank is going to run out. Yeah, he'll still always be 
more athletic than 99.9% of the foot. But you also don't want to kill all your young talent getting to the top. And that's the issue. You can't build a promotion off the fact that these young guys are just smashing them. They're getting smashed by him, I should say. Well, you you, you take a look at him and you you brought up Herschel Walker. You know, Herschel Walker at the age of 47. Yep. Scott Coker with Strikeforce gave him a fight. Yeah. But it wasn't a fight to to make him like he was going to be a champion. Because mm-hmm. Herschel Walker is a genetic freak also. Yeah, let me tell you a genetic real quick. Go At ahead. 47 years old, we went to the track. It was with me, Lock, Rockhold, Koscheck, everyone. He still ran a 4-4-2. Oh, he, he would smoke At you. At 47 years yeah. old. He's a genetic freak. 4-4-2. We, three, of, three of us had stop clock. Two of us had stop watches. One of us had a stop clock. All the same. Yeah. One of them was like 4.4-3, 4 something like that. Yeah. When you're talking about what he is genetically, of course, he reminds me a lot of Yoel Romero. Yeah. You just don't know, though. But we also aren't giving Herschel Walker the best guys in the world. Well, that's the whole point is you're not bringing him in to make him fight your very best. You're not bringing him in to you know say, well, this is a guy that I'm going to say, well, you know, we're going to work towards marketing towards being a possible champion. You're bringing him in because he's a friend who wants to fight, who wants to prove himself. So I'll give you a fight. Okay, you can do yeah. that. It's a lot different in pay also, and it's a lot different in just the aspect of if Herschel at the age of 47 says, okay, that one fight, that's all I want. Great. If you give him one more, okay, that's fine. doesn't matter. When you look at you well, the big difference is you don't know when it is that that downhill trajectory in his fight career comes yeah. because you know, he has fought solid and, you know, in his fight against Paulo Costa, it was a great fight. Absolutely amazing fight. You know, those One guys of the best went after seen. And then his fight against Adesanya wasn't good, but it yeah. wasn't good by either fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't just him. It was a style thing and it was a decision to, to, <clears throat> to fight a certain type of fight that just made it. It was a bad fight for both guys. Bad fight for the fans. Bad fight for the UFC as a promotion. They didn't, yeah. you know, they don't want that. But that doesn't mean that that's him going downhill. That was a decision in the way he fought that fight. Like you said, he can still fight and he can fight anyone. But as a promotion, you got to look and say, are you taking a risk on when is that fighter going to start to degrade and not be able to fight at that level? And that's why I think you know people are passing on Yoel right now. And uh, you know, not that he can't fight, not that he's not a fantastic athlete. I love watching him. Fight. Same here. And I would, and I'm telling you, I would love to see him and Gegard Mousasi yep. fight. I think it would be a phenomenal matchup. But I can understand why Bellator says, you know what, that's not for us. Yeah. And here's the thing: is we're not the only ones. PFL said the same thing, which kind of surprised me because they just signed Verdum. Yeah, and which that was, doesn't make sense. Yeah, at that all. doesn't make any sense. To if me. you're gonna go with Verdum, you're gonna say, you know, and they they said he was the Tom Brady. I'm, okay, okay, whatever. You know, that's fine. But if you're that's called say, good management. Okay, <laughs> like that. good job, Ali. But uh, if you take a look at that, and then you take a look at UL, you're saying, well, yeah, I, I see that. You know, one guy is, you know, they're both both close to the same age. Yeah, I think, I think uh, UL's a little bit older. But no, I think I think Verdum is. You think Verdum's I older? Think Verdum is. Yeah, find out is is, is Joel is Romero, Joel Romero, or Verdum? What's Verdum? the date of birth? Fabricio right. Verdum. I thought I think Fabricio's forty three. Yeah, I think. Oh, I, th- I think Yoel is forty three also, but he's going to probably be forty. I think he's turning forty four coming up. Yeah, but you know, you look at it, and you say, okay, but then again, you go back heavyweight. 
Heavyweights are hard to find, and heavyweights yeah. last longer. So I understand why the PFL kind of went and said, well, we're going to do Verdum, but UL is going to be someone we're going to pass on. Uh, Verdum is 43 years old. Okay, UL who, is 43. What, what's the date of birth on him? What's the month of Verdum? Um, <clears throat> let me see. Uh, July. Oh, so he just turned 43. Mm-hmm. Well, no, it's we're six months. Well, yeah, yeah. I was gonna halfway, say just halfway, turn. Just, I said, boy, I know. He the, all, this whole year going by. You. This whole year fucking yeah. sucks. Yeah, you so what's, what's Romero? Uh, April. Yeah, what, what? April. Okay, so he's he's a little bit older. He's than a little bit older. A couple months. months. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But here, to, to me though, if I'm gonna take if I'm gonna take either one of those, yeah. I'm gonna take Yoel. Yeah. The reason why I'm gonna take is because Yoel puts on to me is he can. I don't know. I feel like he just can turn someone's lights out at any moment. Verdum hasn't really. Yeah, but you, okay, you got to look. Submission wise, you're going to take Yoel, but Yoel's never been champion. Yeah, Verdum has been. Yeah, the champion. He was the champion of the USC. He is a heavyweight. Yeah, and also you got to take a look. All and valid say, points. You know when you when you look at him, he's the guy that has fought great talent. Also mm-hmm. has beaten great talent. Yep. He's he's beaten a who's who can I so I can understand exactly why they say yeah we're gonna take the heavyweight over the middleweight. I okay I I understand exactly what you're saying. I guess for me being selfish because I'd like to <clears throat> I would like to see I would rather watch a Yoel fight than a Verdum fight. Same here. And nothing I against agree. Verdum. No, not at all. But I, nothing I agree against with Verdum. You. Yeah. So to to say what I was trying to I guess I just worded it wrong and should have just came out and said hey. I just I would rather watch a Yoel Romero fight than a, a Fabricio Verdum fight. But that goes for me. That goes for me for pretty much almost. I almost would almost always, all heavyweights. Yeah, I would almost <laughs> watch almost all other heavyweights or all other fighters than heavyweights. I'm not a big into heavyweight kind of. I'll watch Francis Ngannou, and <laughs> and I'll watch Derek fucking Lewis because that dude I fucking love. I love Derek. my balls are hot. I'll watch him. Sure, I'll balls watch him top. just for his interviews. I mean, I love, I love watching him, man. Um. You know, other than that, I mean, like, you know, DC's gone to me, and like, and and Kane's been out for a while, long time. He's not coming back, so it's like, I'm, I'm not really, I, I really was not big into the heavyweights ever, just because I'm a small guy kind of guy. I'm, I like to watch the younger guy, the smaller guys move around, scrapple, grapple, all those things, you know, scrapple, grapple, scrapple, grapple. Okay, Scooby-Doo. I'm still burping up this fucking. <laughs> I can see chip. you're still having problems Jesus. talking, dude. I'm fucking still burping uh, up this chip, man. All right. So we have Bellator 254 coming up. We've mm-hmm. got Alima Lay McFarland putting her title 11 and 0. Wait, on we're, not, the we're line. not done with Anthony Johnson. Really? We're not? No, we're not. Let's talk. Okay. Who? Who do we have him fight first? Who's his first fight? I like the Carl, Carl Albrechtson I th- fight. I think That's there's a good there, fight. There's a list of guys that you can put him in. I do think that no matter where he went, if you're talking, if he went back to the UFC or if you're talking about going to, um, this is just my phone, don't worry about that. Um, if you were talking about if he had gone to the PM, you he has he's been out for three years. Yeah, his last fight was against DC when he stepped oh, away. That's right. Oh yeah, that's right. Second time, and so you got to say you know John I, dropping knowledge over I, here. I got Well, I, I got to give him at least you know, I, you know you're gonna get guys like Dominic Cruz saying there is no such things as, as ring rust. Bullshit. Yeah. Okay. You can be a. Everybody's different, and I think you do need to give him. You know, some fights to get him back into that feeling of preparing for the fight, going to the weigh-in, coming out and facing someone. And it's going to be different because he's going to be fighting with no crowd. He's never done that either. So, you well, know. Depends on when he fights. Someone like an Albrechtson. Depends on that, when he that's fights. A good fight. 
Nope. If he doesn't, if he doesn't fight till April, we may have a crowd by then. Bullshit. It may not be a full Guar- crowd. Guarantee it's not going to be a full crowd. May not be a full crowd, but we may have a crowd. He might. You know. But I, I look at it and say, you know, I wouldn't put him against Phil Davis mm-hmm. because Phil Davis is going to be very smart and he's going to take him down if he can. Okay, if so he can. if he can, so you look and you go, well, I want to put him with someone that is going to, you know, be there to fight a fight that is similar the way they do it. Carl Albrechtson, in my opinion. That's a good fight. You for him. brought up um, who did you? You, you got some, Corey Anderson no, also. No, no, the other the other one you brought up yesterday. We were in the conversation with. Gosh, uh, ripped up, super ripped. Oh, back strains. Anglicus. Uh, Anglicus. Yeah, Julius, Julius Anglicus. Anglicus. I was like, yeah. Come on. Oh, sorry. I know it's like a Greek god name. As soon as, <laughs> as, soon as you said that, yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Anglicus would be a great fight. Anglicus is good in the stand up. Mm-hmm. He's he's technically good. He hits hard. He takes a good shot. That's a good first fight to see exactly where Anthony's at. And it's not that Anglicus can't beat him. Mm-hmm. He can. He's fought very well. He's only got one loss in his career. You look and you go, that's a guy, I think he's 9-1 and one now. Put him against Anthony in the beginning. You know, Anthony's got his hands full. Anglicus has got his hands full. That should be fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm more, like I said, being friends with AJ and, you know, since the beginning of his career, just like to see him get, I, I don't want to call in Gleekis or Albrexen a tune-up fight, but no, I'd like to get not. him in there somebody, I'd like to get him in there with somebody who is not a Corey Anderson, who's not a Phil Davis, who's not a, a Nemkoff that's right off the bat. It's like, look, yeah. you haven't fought for three years. Let's just throw you to the wolves. Yeah, no. That's not that. I don't well, think you, that's the the you, way to to do it. But you have to give him good competition. You do. You got to give him someone that can beat him. Yeah. You got to give him someone that, in my opinion, matches up well. Yep. Don't put him in the position where you got you got a fight that's going to end up being this guy's going to try to take Anthony down. And it's going to be about Anthony trying to out wrestle him to to land yeah. that shot. You're putting him in a position where it's hard to look good yeah. for either guy. All right, so. Anglicus loves to stand and loves to bang. He's done it in this couple of fights that he's had in Bellator. He was the you know old LFA champion. He can stand with anybody. Yeah. It would be a fun fight. Same thing with Carl Albrechtson. I just look at those. Those are good matchups style-wise for both guys. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think <clears throat> and for, for some of you guys to be like, oh, you guys are just trying to, you know, trying to get Anthony beat or you're trying to, no, no, no. Or trying to make the promotion look better. No, I want to remind you guys, go back to when Quentin Jackson came over to the UFC. Who did they give him? Marvin Eastman yep. was his first fight. Look, fighters need something like that to get into a new promotion. Unless the fighter says, no, no, I want Here, the best guy. Right, here, here's one for you. Who did the UFC give Leota Machida when he, they first brought him over? I'm not sure. Sam Hoger. Oh wow! Yeah, see the Alaskan yeah. assassin, the Alaska. Sam Hoger. Come on, baby. But, that's, but that's, that's that's the whole point. That's the point. It's like you if you have somebody that you feel like is going to bring more eyeballs to your promotion, you're not trying to get him beat right away, but you're trying to give him somebody that people will recognize as a good a good fight. Yeah, and that's yeah. the that, that you, you take a look when the UFC had it. Sam Hoger had come out of the Ultimate Fighter yeah. one. He was someone that people recognized. That's that's why they're going to put him in there. It yeah. makes sense. It's good stuff. Okay, let's talk about Bellator. Let's go. Let's, let's go. Come on, baby. Okay, so I, I'm I'm just I'm all in on Magomed Magomedov. I know you are. And tell me why though. I'm just I'm all in. I'm That's all because I, Frankie Edgar has talked to you. I've talked to Frankie. All the guys, Mark Henry, Mark and all, Henry. Everyone's giving me the scoop. The kid's just a fucking workhorse. And look, and like he said, we did uh, in the interview this week. He said. 
He's like, you know, Josh. He's like, you train. You train with Khabib and Islam Makachev. And he's like, you know how hard us Dagestanis train. And I'm like, yeah. That's where he's from. Yeah, and I understand how hard they train. And look, here's the thing. It's not even so much that they train hard. They just never stop training. Like, when fighters take time off, they usually, and not all, they'll usually go have drinks. They'll usually go and, you know, vacation and drink and dine and do all, you know. With them, they don't ever drink. No. And they always train at least once or twice a day. doesn't matter. It's part of their lifestyle. It's a routine. It's a daily routine. And I, I've, everything I've heard is that he is just, he's an animal. He's a workhorse. He just continues to get better and better. And even the mistakes he does make, Frankie was telling me, he's like, the mistakes he makes is like it actually works better for him in, in some of these mistakes. Like things that, the, the lack of technique in some areas. Yeah. It, it makes him better because he 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 utilizes it like it's almost like saying like Dominic Cruz right he's not technically sound he's good no but it works for him. but it works for him yeah. and that's kind of where he, that's kind of what Frankie was talking to me about he's like he's like yeah he he's good he's like he's got good stand up he's got good wrestling he's got good he's got great submissions he's like he's like and yeah sure he's got a couple little mistakes he makes like some technical mistakes on the feet he's like but it works for perfectly for his game his style of what he does. When he messes up, it feeds right into his takedowns or right into his jujitsu. He's like, it just it just works for him. He's like, I've been around a lot of guys. He's like, he's one of the one of the best guys I've been around. I was like, wow, that's you're saying a lot, you know. And then the fact that him and Zabit have been friends, I guess, apparently since like kindergarten, kids. So they were kids, like yeah. young kids. And so <clears throat> they've been they've been at you know at Mark Henry's. He's been at Mark Henry's since June or well, July. He's also been at. A- I, you know, I'm talking with the guys at Extreme Couture since he's been working mm-hmm. out at Extreme Extreme Couture, and they're super high on him. They say, "Oh, yeah. let me tell you something. That dude can fight." And, and I know, look, I, I have refereed him. He's good. Yeah, he's really good. You know, and uh, on any given day, he's the kind of guy that can beat any other person you put in front of him. Now, it doesn't mean that he can't be beat. He can be beat too, but he's got that pace. It's the one thing that I yeah. really remember out of him was he brings a pace and a just a presence that he does not give you any time to breathe. Mm-hmm. He doesn't give you time to, to have that. I, I can back off here and, and think he likes to push the pace. He likes to be in your face, whether it's in the standup or going to his wrestling. He didn't start off as a, as a wrestler. He started off, you know, Wushu Sando, which has got takedowns and stuff, but his wrestling came afterwards, but it's really, really good. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> we've seen this though with other fighters, where with um with Yaroslav Amosov. Yeah. He didn't start off as a wrestler. No. He's twenty six and zero now. It's like he, he's he's really good. Yeah. The and out wrestles. Yeah. Guys that were national champions yep. here in the states. Now, because it's not a pure wrestling match, no. but what he's doing in an MMA contest, he can use those skills that he has and frustrate a wrestler and then turn it on them mm-hmm. when they get a little bit extended or they get out of position. He's able to turn and turn that mistake into something that works for him on his own takedown. My fucking mouth is still on fire. <laughs> yeah, my thought. <laughs> it's all right. Come on, man. Tells you you're alive. It, it, made, it made it like a little bit to the edges of my, my lips. And so I'm like, ugh. Okay. Anyways, back to <laughs> what I like is that look, his one loss is to the UFC champ, 
Peter Yan. Mm -hmm. Peter Yan's one loss is to him. Yep. Okay. Matos' one loss is to Peter Yan. Yep. And they, those two guys are what's fighting, so yeah, you can't get any better. You can't get any better, and the fact that we we've, we've got both of them locked in and some long term contracts here in Bellator. This is this is when I I continue to go back to the Yoel Romero thing. Is like this is what they are trying to do. Yeah, the show is going in a different direction. The changes have been made. the The, the, the time now has come for. <clears throat> I'm look. I'm not saying that Bellator is going to take over MMA, but Bellator no. Bellator is going to stake their claim on building now their young AJ McKee's a fucking stone cold killer. <clears throat> okay, AJ Yaroslav, McKee can beat anybody. Yaroslav Amosov, stone cold killer. Storley, Logan Storley, savage, savage. Like these these guys, if we were to put them in any promotion, yeah, they would still be in the position that they're in here in Bellator. Yep. They'd still be in the top two, three, whatever it is, maybe even number one. You know, and and like I said, it, here's the thing: styles make matchups no matter what. Across the board, styles make matchups. Doesn't matter who you fight. Styles make matchups, and so <clears throat> just I can we can pick and choose who we want them to fight, so they'll get a win. But then the other side can pick and choose who they want to fight us, and so they'll get a win. Might get and a that, win against. That's them. how it works. This um the 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 talent that we have on our roster. I mean, like people want to make fun of James Gallagher. He's fucking twenty three years old. <laughs> I don't even know if he's twenty three. He might still be twenty two. No, I think he's twenty three. He might be twenty three now. Aaron Pico's twenty four. Might have just turned 24, by the way. Like he, AJ McKee's still 25. Yeah, AJ McKee's 25. Joey Davis, 27, 27, 26, 26, 27. Babies. Yep. Like babies. You know, um, they're but they're ready to start taking over. And I'm getting the vibe and the feeling that they're like, hey, I'm ready, man. Let's go. I want you to think about this. Go back to when we first started working together here at Bellator. Two, you know, that we, we're talking 2018. It's two years past that time. I will tell you back at, at that time that when I, I looked at the Bantamweight division in Bellator, it was pretty light. Yeah. You know, Darian Caldwell was, is a good fighter, and mm -hmm. he was the right up there trying to go for the championship. You had uh, Dantes was there, but not a whole lot of depth. No. I think Joe Warren was still there, right? Yep. Take a look at it now. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's, okay? it's completely different. Row. And that's what, you know, that it takes time to bring a weight class up like that. But now you're looking, and I would, you know, I don't know for sure, and I'm talking out of my ass as far as knowing. You don't say. But <laughs> I would be surprised if Bellator didn't take that Grand Prix and put it down into the bantamweight division yeah. next. Yeah. Because of the talent they have. Because you look at what they have with the featherweights, you know, they had 16 that they could put in there mm -hmm. in the beginning, and they did. <clears throat> and they can do now the same thing in the bantamweight division where when I first came here, there was no way they would have had a hard time coming up with eight good ones. Yeah. Now they could do the sixteen easy. So yeah. it takes it takes time to build that division, but they've built that bantamweight division and they're building other ones. and And the guys that are fighting now, man, they're good. They're just freaking <clears throat> solid, good fighters. Yeah, and we have a newly crowned champion at that weight. You know, Juan Archuleta. Archuleta, but then Patchy Mix. He showed his tough, true grit in that fight. That was one of the best fights I'd seen ever in that weight class, not just in Bellator, but overall. Yep. And and what people don't get is that Juan's fought at 35, 45, and 55. Now he's a champion at 35, and I would imagine they're going to thrust him right in to that, that turn if they do decide to do a tournament at that weight class, a World Grand Prix of 16 man bracket. Well, there's going to be a lot of guys in that tournament. You got to take a look. You know, if you go to the well, you go to the welterweight when, you know, Rory McDonald was the champion. He was in that 
Grand Prix. Mm -hmm. Right now, Pitbull in the featherweight Grand Prix still in it, mm -hmm. the champion. So I, you know, there's no doubt that they're going to sit. You know, want Juan Archuleta yeah. to be part of it. They're not going to let him sit to the side and wait. And and that's not what Juan Archuleta would want. No, he, Juan no. Archuleta wants to be in it. He wants to make money. Hell yes. Yeah. Uh, people need to re remember that. You don't get paid unless you fight. <laughs> You're not just sitting on the sideline going, "Yeah, let me collect my check." Doesn't work that way. Yeah. I think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of great fights in that thing, and I hope we do like another selection show where they get to pick. Oh God, yeah, I that love was that. so good, man. That was yeah. good, and that was perfect because you got to see the strategy playing out in their minds. You got to see kind of you know where they kind of knew they wanted to be. How often do you see? And you know, this is not because it's Bellator. How often do you see a promoter give the fighter the actual ability to make the choice? That doesn't work for the promoter. Yeah. Okay, it's a strange thing that people need to understand. When the promoter says, all right, I'm going to give you guys the ability to make these choices instead of me. Yeah. You're giving a lot away yeah. as a promoter, and you got to love it that they're, they're giving the fighters that ability. Yeah, that, that was uh, – look, a lot of fighters – there's certain fights that they want because they motivate them the most. Yeah. And I'll give you an example. When I was with Strike Force, all I ever heard when I was with Strike Force, man, it'd be awesome to see you and Cowboy Cerrone or you and Anthony Pettis. I was never once when I got to the UFC offered, offered those fights. You asked for them. I asked for them. I, I asked for them repeatedly over and over and over again. I asked for those fights. I understood the Pettis thing because he had just beaten Benson. Like after I had beaten uh, Nate, and I was like, "Yeah, I want the Pettis fight. I wanted the Pettis fight to be next," but they were like, "No, Pettis fighting Benson." And I was like, "It was kind of this, anyways." And uh, I asked for Cerrone. I asked for Cerrone, and they said and they basically never even. They didn't, I don't even know if they asked him ever. Yeah. They never offered it to him. Or they don't. I, didn't, I was never told. I, I. That's all I'd ever heard. The fans wanted that fight, and those two guys motivated me a lot to like to want to fight them. Yeah. So when you give, like you're talking about, when you give the fighters an opportunity to pick who they fight, who they want to, to fight, have some say, yes, to have some say, that motivates the shit out of them. Like, hey, if you lose, you fucking picked you're them. You're the one that picked it. Don't sit yeah. there and look at me. You fucking that's picked it. them, and that's that's kind of the great thing about it. Like here, like uh, Emmanuel Sanchez, you know, he knew he wanted to fight Daniel Vaishal. Yeah, because Daniel Vaishal motivated him, knowing because that he's he already had lost. Yes, to Vaishal and felt I didn't lose, and I want to prove that that was a bad decision. He's still I'm burping. still burping this shit up, man. Ugh. Woo! Damn. Mouth is on fire. Yeah, he wanted to prove that he didn't lose him the first time. Yeah, and that's it's kind of where we're at. And here's the thing: is I know I know Patricio had a dominating performance um, against Pedro Cavallo. Cavallo. Carvalho. Carvalho. There, there you go. Yeah, I know. We're, we're going through this. Portugal and Brazil. Yeah, it's and it's, it's, yeah, they're all said differently. Anyways, um, so Pe he, he had a dominant performance against Pedro. But at the time, there wasn't a lot of information on Pedro. No. You know? And so and when, Patri when Patricio took him, there was that. He wanted to start that rivalry. That was good game planning by him because he was the, it was the last fight on the thing, on the, on, in which the bracket. A, which was the real thing that he wanted. Was to was fight on the to last fight the last one because he had a, he had a he just wife, defended his, his title was, against his wife Juan. was pregnant yeah. he was going to have a baby and he wanted to spend time with his new kid totally understandable yeah so then he knew he was going to select the last date it just it was a matter of who was at the last date it was Darian Caldwell who had just apparently lost to uh, Horiguchi so he didn't want that fight he's like look he hadn't really won outside of beating um, 
who did he beat to get into the tournament? Henry Corrales. Henry Corrales. And so when he beat Henry Corrales, then he came, then he's like, yeah, but you beat Henry Corrales. Patricio has already beaten Henry Corrales. He's like, okay, look, I'll push you to the side and I'll fight someone that's everyone seems to be talking about right now is Pedro. Yep. And I thought it was smart on his part. It also created that little SBG rivalry. It was a pitbulls. And the SBG that's still yep. going, they've got yep. a lot of still fighters going. that they're trying to go Yeah, back they're trying to get Higo to fight James Gallagher, and then Patricky's going to fight Peter Queeley. They've all got it mapped out in their head. Look, those guys, the Pibble Brothers, they know exactly what's good for their, their brand. Oh, yeah. Let me pick a fight with a, with a, with another gym that, we, that people know yes. and people are into. Yes. And the Irish fans, <laughs> they're fucking amazing. They are amazing. And so to know that they're going to back James Gallagher, Kiefer Crosby, you know, Peter Queeley, well, you know. No one knows until they experience what it's like to go and be at a fight in Dublin, Ireland. Oh, geez. All right. People have no concept of what a crazy crowd is. Oh, yeah. Until you go to Dublin and they have their guys fighting, be it. Conor McGregor, when he did, because he fought over there. I think when he fought uh, Diego Brandao, mm-hmm. he fought in, in the, the arena there. And then James Gallagher has done the same thing, being the main event. Man, the crowd comes out in droves, and My mouth they is are up, crazy. The they are absolutely yeah, crazy. The fights. It's fun. Yeah, it's they're great. And it's just the way they sing in the crowd, the way they energize. It's, it's so much fun, and they love it, man. And it's, I mean... I like what they're doing there. So they, the, if they do start that 135 pound uh, World Grand Prix, that's going to be a great World Grand Prix, and I hope they do. I'm, you know, we're just like you said, speaking out of our ass right now. Yeah, but that'd be I'm good great. At that. That'd be great for that to happen. <clears throat> um, the other fights that are on that weight on, on this on this card tomorrow night. I mean, let's talk about the main event. I think this is the time, and I, I got to tell you, I am so impressed with. Alima Lane McFarlane and what she's done as a as a young fighter because she was thrust in. People don't remember her first fight. Do you remember it? No. Okay, I do because it was against the soccer mom. It came out. It became viral because it was down in San Diego at a place on an Indian reservation. The promotion is called Explode. They don't use the California State Athletic Commission. There's a lot of things that go on with it. And she went and fought a woman named Katie Castro who really, you know, wasn't training for the fight. And she went out and knocked her out in like the first eight seconds, you know, and and it became this, you know, MMA fighter knocks out soccer mom. But that, it really thrust Alimale into the limelight real fast in a way that she didn't expect, no one expected for. And with that, she got signed by Bellator and she has done an amazing job Mm -hmm. of learning how to be a fighter while holding on to this entire, you know, persona, being the girl from Hawaii. She's outstanding at always, you know, doing things a certain way. This is the first fight I've seen her kind of draw away from it. She's kind of drawn away from the whole, you know, Hawaiian aspect and everything. And I'm wondering why. I really am wondering why. Is it COVID? It's COVID. Yeah, I think think it's 100% it's COVID. Look, she, she hasn't had great performances outside of Hawaii. Don't get me wrong. She's gotten a win. She's undefeated. You know, and 
like her, she had a great performance into in Temecula, California against Alejandra Lara. Yeah, it was. She had a great performance. It was good. She submitted her. She just dominated the fight mm-hmm. against a, a, a yeah a girl who's really a good fighter. But that Alejandra Lara is a good fighter. She has gotten good. Yeah. She wasn't as good as anywhere near as good as she is now. I went back and watched that fight just yeah, recently. I agree. And she's a way better fighter. I agree. And she learned so, from it. Yeah, I, she did learn a lot from it. She's another one I think that I'm excited to see here come fight again. I think a lot of people are excited to see her fight again. Um, <laughs> but with a with the Lima Lay, I want to know she rise like we talked about this yesterday. She rises to the occasion of her home crowd. Not yes, a lot of people does. do that, and I t- I think it took me a while when I was fighting in San Jose so much to really get to get used to the crowd. I mean, my first fight there, I got lost, you know, um, in in Strike Force and. After that, it was just a run of, of wins, you know, and then I lost, and then I beat Gil, and then I lost to Gil after that. But it was like, it was like, I never wanted to fight anywhere else after that. I never. I was like, nope, San Jose. I only want to fight in San Jose, you know? And so with her, I've seen her have great performances in Hawaii, but then I've also seen her fight in San Jose after that against Vito Ortega, and she didn't look good. She was looked slow. She looked lethargic. But she why? Just, I don't know. Come on, you got to take a look. I think it was she pressed in that fight, did not let the fight yeah, come to her. That's true. Tried to make things happen, and when you're trying to make things happen in that fashion, they just don't seem to yeah. go your way that easy. You you got to let the fight come to you, and you take what's given. Gotcha. You try to you try to create and make things happen. A lot of times, that's just going to burn energy, and now all of a sudden, yep, you're tired, and now you can't make them happen. The stress, the stress of knowing that you need to get the takedown. Yeah. It's, it's, you ask top level fighters, it's a lot of burden. It's like, it's just the, the adrenaline, the adrenaline dump happens faster and can happen more than once. Because if you get one takedown, you're like, okay, good. I got the takedown. But if that person gets up again, fuck, I got to do it again. And there's another adrenaline dump. There's, it's just, it's a roller coaster of emotions when you know that you probably shouldn't stand with somebody so you put more pressure on yourself to get the takedown. And when you don't get it, it's like a snowball effect of like, shit, I couldn't get it. Shit. It's, and I'll give you guys. Okay. I, I'm asking right now because that's the fight that I see playing out tomorrow night with Juliana Velasquez against Alimale. Yeah. Does Alimale need to get the takedown to win the fight? Yes. Okay. But, but she doesn't need to get it as much as she thinks she needs to get it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, because I do. Because totally because when you're somebody that your opponent knows that you need to take them down and you want to take them down, they, they're a little bit more hesitant to pull the trigger on things. They're a little bit more cautious than just walking in and just throwing strikes. Even Juliana, she, rep, she, she talked about that yesterday. She said, all the other girls, they, they, they were going to probably try to take me down, but they were mainly like wanted to try to stand with me. So that's why she got really good on her stand-up. She doesn't try to get, take people down. She wants to stand. She and she's a, a normal southpaw. She's a, a real southpaw. She yeah, said. real southpaw. She doesn't switch. She stays in her stance, and she she knows what she's doing from that position. Alimale can stand with her, but it's got to be it's got to be off of the off of the setup for the takedowns. She doesn't get the takedown. She comes out, punch, punch, back in. She can do the stand up. She just can't get comfortable in the stand up. That to me is going to be the key. How much you don't need to put as much pressure on yourself to get the takedown, knowing. They, the fighter that you're fighting knows that you want to take him down. So they're going to be a little bit more hesitant to just walk right in and try and touch you. Now, if they clip you a little bit, expect them to barrage you. So she needs to be ready for that if that situation happens. Um, I think 
I'm excited for this fight. I'm really excited. But here, like you were talking about with, with Alimale, she rises to the occasion in Hawaii. And I don't know if in no crowd, no fans, like in Connecticut, halfway around the world, is going gonna, is gonna to bring the best out in her. I yeah. don't know. I, yeah. We'll see. I look, at it, I look at it this way. I, you know, even if she brings the best out of her, she's up against the toughest opponent she's ever yes. fought. She's up against someone who matches up very well with her. Because people, don't, you know, we look at Juliana. Juliana's only got one submission win in her entire career. This is a girl that came from a judo background, being on the national team in judo, wanting to be that Olympic judo player where she doesn't even use it most of the time. She uses mm. it to keep herself from being taken down and use that stand-up, and her stand-up has gotten very good. Yeah. You watch her fight against Christina Williams, and you look at the power, because Christina Williams fought Heather Hardy, who Heather Hardy is a world champion in boxing, came to Bellator, has put on, you know, put on her first fight was against Alice Yager, Really good performance, just tough by both. Heather Hardy got cut and then finished the fight. Obviously can fight with her hands. Mm-hmm. And Christina Williams crushed Heather Hardy in the stand-up yeah. game. Hit her with elbows inside, destroyed her, her nose, head, yeah. just did all these things. And then you watch Juliana Velasquez when she fought Christina Williams. She had Christina Williams doing what I talk about. When, you know, people will talk about, when do you know a fight's over? When you start to look like you're in a schoolyard fight and you're turning your back because you have no idea what to do to stop your opponent, that was Christina Williams in that fight against Juliana. And that is not an easy thing to get a pro fighter to to actually move towards. So really incredible performance by Juliana and showed how good she is with her stand-up. Yeah, I think with her knowing that she does, she's not afraid to go to the ground. She's you know she knows it's gonna be hard to take her down because she's got a, she's a black belt in judo. She was on the Brazilian national team, as you like to point out. Yep. Um, she's not she's no she's no um, she's not afraid of the ground. No, well, she's no yeah, stranger is what I was looking for. Yeah, she's no she, come, she comes ground. from the Nogi eras, as far as that's who got her into MMA, mm-hmm. and she's a brown belt from them. She she's got a she's you know jujitsu wise, she knows what she's doing. She's got the full game. That's what makes her dangerous. That's why she's 10-0. Yeah. The, 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 I have to agree with you that this is definitely Alimale's toughest fight. Yeah. This is somebody that... But that's what you want to see a yeah. champion face. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to see a champion facing somebody that you go, oh, I know who's going to win the fight. Well, you got to remember... Because you she- definitely don't know who's going to win this fight. She fought Val- Valerie Letourno, and yep. she she was able to sub her in the third round. I believe it was the third. Yep. And that was in Hawaii. That was and in the Hawaii. crowd was fucking nuts and crazy. And she was able to stand with Valerie, which I really gave her credit for mm-hmm. because Valerie has got good stand-up. Valerie went five rounds with Joanna. Yeah. All right. So Valerie could fight, and you know, very calm, very relaxed throughout that fight in a, in a in an atmosphere. When we first looked at it, you know, she's got a lot of emotion. She was crying. Coming down the ramp, and I was thinking that is not the, the yeah. type of you know mindset you want to have. Just took all that, pushed it aside, and performed beautifully mm-hmm. in that fight against someone that can really stand up and fight. So we know she can be in a stand up contest and compete well. Yeah, it's just that her strength is is the ground because when it comes to the ground, she's got a plethora of submissions. She can go for the submission just about a, out of any position. That makes her dangerous. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's true. Uh, what other fights on this card? You know, there's there's the one uh, <laughs> Lashinoff, Kemron Lashinoff, who doesn't get enough credit, beat Kyle Crutchmer in, in that fight. Yeah, really I didn't think he did either, okay. but he's 10 and 2. He has got, you know, he fights out of Glover to share his camp. He is a beast because, you know, puts his hands down to get hit, doesn't care. He's got a great submission game, got beautiful leg locks. He's going against the Chechen Wolf, a guy in Nikayev who is good. I, you know, I've been there in, in Russia with him. Uh, he has got a really well, just in and out style in the stand up. He will go. It's funny because you, you look at him, you say, well, he's an orthodox fighter because he fights one, against one guy completely orthodox. And the next fight, he'll com- fight completely southpaw. Mm. He can switch it up, even though he likes to tend to stay with one style of stance against the certain guy that he has decided this is the way I want to be. His wrestling is outstanding. His transitions are good. He doesn't have the greatest submission game. When he gets on top of guys on the ground, he tends to use ground and pound and just punch them out. But Man, he's good. He's undefeated. You know, Cameron is outstanding, ten and two. That's going to be an outstanding preliminary fight. Yeah. So then we have the fight after that is the Ronnie Marks, Honey Marks, Honey Ronnie. Which one Ronnie, you want? Honey Ronnie. You call me anything. Ronnie Marks. That's what he said. Basically, either one works for me. Ronnie Marks and Linton Vassell. You know, this is. It's been a year since. Ronnie Marks was supposed to fight Josh Barnett in Hawaii. Yeah. Then he goes and he's supposed to fight uh, Matt Mitrione. That falls apart. He's been waiting a year to fight and make his actual debut here in Bellator. And they put him against a guy who is a genetic freak as far Another as your well size, strength. You know, And I'm not sure that, that Ronnie understands how strong Linton is. Yeah. Everybody I know that has gone against Linton Vassell has said, oh, my God, he's so strong. Yeah. You know, I've never, I've never rolled with him, and I don't want to. <laughs> and I'm just saying, you know, well, you you look and you go, man, he is just at 240 pounds because he has figured out exactly where he needs to be. He was losing too much weight to to actually compete well as a light heavyweight, which mm-hmm. he really, you know, was. Uh, Start hurting his performances. Yeah, he said. absolutely. As he's getting older, and, and age. then he his first fight. As heavyweight, he was too heavy. He was carrying too much weight, and it, it got him tired. And we talk about that all the time. You know what? You need to figure out a couple extra pounds that you're yeah. not used to carrying can make a big difference in a fight. So he has figured out exactly where he should be. He's the lighter guy. Linton at six foot four, two hundred and forty pounds, at about one percent body fat. It's crazy. Is he's the lighter guy because Ronnie Marks is coming in. A guy who had fought at middleweight before, fought at light heavyweight, has fought at heavyweight. He's two fifty two coming into this fight, and. He's going to have to really work to get that fight to the ground, in my opinion, and be in the top position early in the fight or all that extra weight is going to be a problem. But you got to give Ronnie Marks credit. He has been working out at Extreme Couture. He has been doing his stand-up with some killers. He's been working out with Tim Johnson. He's been doing all his sparring with Francis Ngannou, and he'll tell you, yeah, you don't want to get hit by him. Yeah. <laughs> Look, so, so when it comes down to it, Fighters need to they need to be smart with their weight. Yeah, whether you're a heavyweight or you're not. Because when I talk to when I train with and talk with Kane in DC, right, and they fight a heavyweight division, they would train and they would come into camp at two fifty, you know, two forty five, two fifty five, whatever it was, depending on which one it was. 
but they knew what weight they wanted to be at at heavyweight when they wanted to fight. Yeah. They wanted to be, Kane always liked to be around 238. Didn't like to be 240, didn't like to be 235. He wanted to be in that 236 to 238 range. And I was like, and I, I didn't realize like how important it was. He's like, no, I feel my best. This is the weight that I feel my best yeah. at. DC as well. I think DC always tried to come in at like 232, 232 to 236, somewhere yep. in that range, right? Yep. He'd like to fight at that weight. For myself, I never really wanted to exceed 170. I always started my weight cut. Like I always started like camp around 272. But I always got down. I lost about two pounds. I never wanted to fight more than 170 because I never, I never really trained with that more weight than that on. Yeah. So why would you fight by adding that weight on when you don't when you don't train, you don't with, train that, with that with that weight, weight on? That's like that's like saying I'm going to go run a, a mile, okay, with no weight on, and then when I go run, I'm going to put on sandbags on my ankles and be like, okay, I want to do the same time, the same time, that's same shit. speed. You think it's going to be the you think it's going to be the same result? I mean. It's gonna feel a lot worse, you know what I mean. And that's kind of that's kind of the pace, and the that's kind of that's kind of the idea that when Linton Vassell says, "Look, I I came in a little heavier, not realizing that it was gonna have an effect on me," and and he just gassed out. He got tired. You're carrying the weight that you're not used to carrying, and you need to take your time to to put that weight on properly. And that's the one thing that kind of scares me a little bit with Ronnie Marks is that every time I've seen him, he's he's gotten heavier. Yep. Each fight, I know. Like, Okay, look, I get it. You're getting a little heavier, but why are you getting heavier? Is it proper weight that you're putting on? Are you lifting? It really hasn't been that long for you to put on this amount of weight and still get adjusted to using that weight all the time. But like you said, it's been a year also, and he's gotten bigger since the time he went yeah. in against Josh Barnett a year ago. Yeah. So there's a lot of answers to be answered, I think, tomorrow night when they fight. And and uh, But I think, I think Ryan Marks got his hands full. He's got to get the takedown early. If he can get it down early, I think he might have a chance. But I think whoever, I think who, whichever fighter ends up on top is going to win this fight. I, I agree with you completely. Linton Vassell in the top position, he's good. Yeah. And he's not someone that Ronnie's going to be able to just get, you know, move no. out, get, you know, get back to his feet or get the reversal. That's just not going to happen. Linton is solid, especially as the top position fighter on the ground. Now, he's not a guy where his jujitsu off of his back is really dangerous. It's not. But in the top position, it is. Yeah. And especially with the, as heavy as he is and his ground and pound, he throws short elbows. He can hurt you because he is just a freaking monster yeah. when you look at the size and strength of him. It really surprises me that people look at him and go, I don't think he's that strong. What are you looking at? I have no idea. You know? But no he's idea. A, he is, look at his videos on Instagram. Oh my he's like God. doing pull-ups and you can see like his back. I don't, there's not a muscle you don't see in his back. There's like extra muscles there that I didn't know existed yeah. on men yep. or on people, uh, humans. That's going to that's gonna be a, a good fight. It's going to be a good fight because it's really going to be interesting to see how Ronnie Marks does coming in the first fight in the promotion and Linton coming off of a huge win against Karatanov. Yes, he was on a roll at the time. He smoked Karatanov. Karatanov was, they were talking, he was the next in line for a title fight. Yeah. And he smoked Karatanov. Every position there was, he was the guy that was in control of it. You know, outstanding, outstanding performance. He hasn't been able to fight for a while. It's almost been a year or two, and so we'll see where yeah. he's at. In that heavyweight division, we've got Ryan Bader's the champion right now in the heavyweight division, who I think should have just stayed there. I mean, I know he was the champion. So I, said that, I said that from the beginning. Yeah, I said fight, going back he, to going back to light heavyweight is a huge mistake. Yeah, and it, and it was. It turned out to be. Well, 
And so, but him at heavyweight, I think because of his wrestling, it, it makes sense. He's going to have his hands full though with Minikoff. Whenever, right. whenever they do fight, Minikoff, well, Minikoff being has tall, his long, and good Minikoff's wrestling. wrestling will match Bader's. Yes. And Minikoff's stand-up, I think, is a little bit better. Yep. And he's I bigger. I don't know if he has the punching power of Ryan Bader, though. Brian Bader's got a little bit more power, I think. And he's got a little bit more speed, too. Ryan Bader does. So Minikoff, ha- sure, maybe he has power, but he's also just, he's bigger. Yeah. He's taller, longer. Um, and what people want to people want to do is they want to look at the fight against Czech Kong and be like, oh, you lost. I want people to understand he was sick that week. He was on he was on antibiotics, and that's why he gassed out. He doesn't normally gas out. He's not that fighter. He was undefeated, I believe, up until that moment. That's his only loss is against against Chuck or Czech Chuck Czech, and he just couldn't. He was on split he was, decision. Yeah, loss. it was split decision loss, and he just he didn't have a gas tank to go because he was on antibiotics. Yeah. So if you're expecting to see that against Ryan Bader, it's not going to be the same guy. And you at can all. you can see that in a lot of fights where guys have taken antibiotics and they just fall off oh, the yeah. cliff. You know, first round they're done. Yeah. No. Your body just can't absorb. Your body just can't go. There's no, there's no push. There's no pop. I mean, I remember several times I was on antibiotics uh, for the flu and for and sometimes staff and trying to spar and train. I know I'm an asshole, <laughs> but I was like, I was, I was too, it was too important to me for, to not yeah. to miss training. So I would go and train. And they, they knew all my teammates knew, and, uh, and they didn't, they didn't care. They, they'd all been through it before. But it was like just the, the dump. Yeah, you know, most of those days we spent on trying to spar, spar, trying to do three rounds instead of five, and barely got through a round and a half. Then just jump down, hit the bag, and move around. You really just want to get your body moving so you don't get all stiff from from the antibiotics. Anyways, but I mean that division, that division starting to shape up pretty well. You got Moldovsky as well, right? Moldovsky, Moldovsky's in there as well. He's Valentin smaller. Oh, he's a fast. smaller heavyweight, but he's fast. He puts combinations together very well. You know, um, who else is in that? You got Lynn Vassell. Who else is in that in that weight class? Tyrell Fortune. Tyrell Fortune. You got uh, uh, Tim Johnson. Soma. Yeah. Tim Johnson. Tim Johnson. Tim Johnson has just been looking fantastic. Yes, he has. Yeah. You know, so, so I mean that 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 heavyweight division now is starting to shape up. Uh, there's gonna be a couple more ads I think here coming up soon, and uh, we'll see. And I'm ex- I'm excited for that for this whole thing. Like I said, I think 2021, it may be the year for Bellator. We'll see. The young talent will rise, and the young talent will rise. This was actually a really good year for the promotion itself. This is a, this given is a the good, circumstances. This is a good year for MMA. Yes, true. Get the UFC, what yes. they've done, Bellator, what they've done. You know, the PFL closes their thing down, but Invictus. Yeah, one hasn't done, done anything. I don't think one hasn't done a whole lot. But you know, as far as you look at the fights, the fights have been outstanding. Overall. Yes. Yeah. Now, so. Yeah, yeah, from both from both sides, from yeah. from the UFC and from Bellator, I think the fights have fights have been really really good. Look, the situation with with um, the situation with the UFC, and I got a lot of flack for saying like, oh, like two two shows ago, it was like, oh, the fights were just okay. I even said a little bit of this last card, except for the main event, like the fights were okay. But the the here's the thing, Bellator's not putting on fights every weekend. No, the UFC has to do that. That's a lot of pressure on these fighters to to fight. In some of them live in camps. Like Alima Lay was talking about, so I'm in California. She's in San Diego. Gyms are fucking closed. Oh, yeah. They're doing backdoor knockings to get in and try and train. And the majority of the other fighters are like, look, I'm not coming in. I don't want to get in trouble. I don't, or, or I don't want to take a chance. Well, you're getting a lot, a lot of people with garage gyms. Yes. You know, bringing people in to work with them and stuff. But, you know, they, yeah. they've had to change what they do. Yeah. You know, and that's. And that's. And so when I'm talking about the UFC, I'm saying, like, get yeah, that card was a new good. norm. It's, it's, that card wasn't that good. 
Yeah, but their fucking other cards, the rest of them are all been great. Oh, you know, yeah. like you're gonna find those those one cards or those two cards or whatever throughout the the six months they've been doing shows that are not gonna be good. But the rest of their fights have been fantastic. You know, as much as as much as people say, oh, you rip all you do is rip UFC. No, that show to me had a a, a feel to it that it wasn't. If a we great say anything show, about the know, UFC that isn't fucking glowing, oh, it's because you work a belt. Well, that's why no. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying I'm to pump. I'm trying to pump them a little bit. I'm not pumping the promotion itself as much as I'm promo- I'm punching. I'm pumping the pumping fighters. up the fighters. Right. The fighters. You guys have done a fucking fantastic job of getting yourselves in shape, getting ready, fight ready. With most of you guys in don't even time. have coaches. Most of you guys, like some of your coaches don't even show up. Some of your coaches are not there. Some of your, a lot of your training partners aren't there. And you guys have done a fucking wonderful job. UFC guys, Bellator guys, you know, any other promotions that are out there fighting. I mean, like, they've done a great job. You guys, if the fighters that are fighting the most, they're taking this serious. They have realized that fighting right now in these circumstances, the UFC is not going to forget that. And I think also that's a big reason why the UFC has decided to cut 60-something fighters. It's like, look, we've got young fighters that are willing to take fights on last minute notice, and they want this. They're yep. hungry, and this is a time when we have no money. So let's just keep our stars and get rid of the ones that are costing us a lot oh, of money. Oh, oh. Did you say they have no money? Have yeah. you lost your mind? They've got money, but they've got Big no money. money. They've got money, but they've got no money. They're not making well, money. Well, they're not making gate They're not money. making gate money. They're not making as much money as and they could ga- be. Their gates run made. 15 to 20 million. Well, depends on the fight. It does. It does. But I'm saying that's a 15, big one. But 15 to 20 million, though. That's a big one. That's a big one. That's a big one. That's a lot of money to lose. That's a lot of money to lose. That's why, let's, let's that's why they didn't want to fight Connor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they're talking about having fans in his fight. I know they are. That's that's the next step. Well, let's talk about their their fight card. Let's talk about their fight they actually card. have. Let's talk. Let's talk about the, the top two. Davidson Figueredo is coming back. Twenty one days. My stomach is starting to hurt. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Twenty one days, basically. Yeah. Since he beat Alex Perez, put on a beautiful performance, got the guillotine choke. Brandon Moreno fought on that same night. He gets the shot against him. Do you think Brandon Moreno can beat him? No. Wow. Look at you. No. I don't think Moreno has a chance. Really? Not think, a chance. No. He's got what a puncher. It? He's got a puncher's chance. Well, and he's I don't got even a know, chance. I don't even know if that's really a chance, though. Is that not a chance? No, I think just Figueredo is just he's just on a different level right now, I think, than the rest of that division. God, I hate I hate when you're right. I know. I know. It sucks. It's hard for you to say that. It is, dude. It's it just is. like I, I kinda want I almost want to eat another chip. Oh god, you enjoy it. Go right ahead. <laughs> it's a matter of I look at it, and I really like Brandon Moreno, and he's a good fighter. I just don't think that right now, like you're saying, Figueroa is just on a different level in that in that category. That's why that's why he handled Benavides the way he did twice. You know, he he just you know handled Benavides easily in every aspect of the fight. Then you would look what he did against Prez. Prez had been looking really good. Yeah. He had had some really good performances. And you just look and he handled it just beautifully, just ate him up, puts the submission on. And I I really like Brandon Moreno, and I think he is a freaking fast-paced, go-after-it fighter. I just think that he's going to be giving openings that Figueroa is going to be able to take advantage of. And I look at it, Figueroa is going to put him away by the second round. Yeah. Yeah. He might catch him sooner than that in a submission. Yeah. You know I mean? And that's kind of what we saw with Perez when he fought Perez. It's just like I had Perez was doing well with the kicks. And then made a mistake, jumped on the neck, and it was over. Yep. And it's that quick. The size, the ability to take the fight anywhere and catch it in transition. He is a big flyweight. Yeah. Big. Mm-hmm. 
You know, you look and you, and he said that this weight cut's going to be easier for him. Well, I, when you, when you roll from one camp to the next or one fight to the next well, within three weeks, he's also, you know, he's basically living in Vegas, going to the UFC's, you know, PI, yeah, PI. You know, performance Institute and stuff. So he's got all this food being made for him. It's all delivered to him. It's not a bad way to go about it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Look, I, I don't give him a, I don't give him a shot. Who's the co-man? Co-man is Tony Ferguson. Yes. Against Charles. Oliveira. Oliveira's good. He is good. I don't give him a chance, though. I know you don't. I don't give him a chance. You know, I think I think this is, he's on a seven or eight fight. Charles? Do me a favor. Tell me, how, what kind of what kind of uh, win streak is Charles Oliveira on? Charles Oliveira. Tell me, how many fights in a row has he won? Because I think, I honestly think it's like seven or eight. That's good. He's been smoking people. He's been really fighting well. Seven. You know, it's seven, seven fight win streak. There you go. You know, his fight against Kevin Lee, man, he looked good. Yeah. He looked really good. I mean, just I, I love Kevin Lee, and he's good. He's tough. And, you, you know, Tony Ferguson had some problems with Kevin. You know, if you, if you take a look at the two fights, Kevin fighting both of those guys, you know what? He had a lot better time fighting Tony than he did fighting Oliveira. Kevin Lee fighting Tony Ferguson at the time he fought him was a better fighter than when Oliveira fought him. Okay. That winning confidence is key. Yeah. We've talked about that over and yeah. over. And at that time, Kevin Lee's confidence is not what it used to be when he was fighting Tony Ferguson. Different fighter. I think there was a lot of unexpectedness as well with Kevin Lee from other fighters. Not, I think Tony probably didn't, didn't expect him to be as good as he was. Then just the other thing too, the adrenaline dump. Yeah. You know, but he had staff on his chest. I think, yeah, he did. He had a big old staff thing. You know, and then the other thing as well, if you're a fighter, you're probably going to go out there knowing if you're on antibiotics, you have staff on your chest, or if, even if you weren't on antibiotics, you got staff. You know you don't have much. I don't, I don't want to fight him if he's got staff. But even if, Nasty. You, but if you do fight him, right, yeah. which he did, as the fighter that has staff, you know that you don't have the gas tank to go nope. three. So the way that Kevin fought that fight would was probably different than the way he would have fought it had he not had it's possible, you know, you never know. Like you never know. We don't no. know that. But I'm just simply saying that Tony Ferguson, the reach, the range, the awkwardness. He's not going to stand in front of him and bang. He will stand in front of him and bang, but he's not going. He's going to do it with footwork. Yeah. He's going to turn his feet different ways. Oliver's not going to be able to take him down. He could catch him in the submission. I could see that. But how's he going to get to it? I see. And the, here's the difference in the fight for me. One of the things that Tony does and. and I hate to say you would know this well. Oh, yeah. Because he did it with you. Tony grabs wrist a lot. Oh, yeah. But he comes in close range and his elbows inside in the stand-up. People think he's going to throw a hand. He doesn't. He also, wham, here comes the elbow across. And he lands heavy, heavy, solid elbows mm -hmm. in close. He does a ton of damage with that. Yeah. And it's something that he's got a style and the way he does it, He's just better than most guys doing it. He's that good. And and I think that's where he puts Charles in a bad spot. Yeah. I think if he uses his push kick, because he kind of got away from that with uh, Justin Gaethje, he's got to get on the push kick, use that that length and that reach of that and his jab, mixed in with the way he switches his stance and changing things up. It's going to keep Charles guessing. And uh, doing that. I think it's going to be a little bit. It's going to be a tough fight for Charles Oliveira. See, but I, I do, I give Charles a chance. I think this is a, I think it's a very close fight. 
I think that you know three rounds. If, if I do full three, I do think it goes to three. You know, I I look at it and I think Oliveira can definitely win it, and he could catch Tony in a submission, even though I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. I think Tony's too good with the submission game. Tony sometimes will will be so confident in his submission defense that he'll he'll get caught deep, and he'll work his way out. But he's 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 gassing himself yeah. to do it, even though he doesn't gas. But he's he's burning energy, and you know if he takes that chance with Oliveira, you know I don't see Oliveira catching him in anything other than he could catch him in some type of choke with a darce or something like in that. How crazy would that be? Caught, catch Tony Ferguson, yeah, but you know he's good enough with it's it. Kind of his move, you know. You know, it's like Charles. Charles has a beautiful setup on a calf slicer. Yeah, you know, but I don't think Tony would tap on it. I really? think it would cause Tony problems. Tony would be stuck in it. But he's never going to tap on it. He's just going to put up with the discomfort and the pain. And it'll either go to the end of the round. He'll lose the round. We'll say maybe his leg's a little screwed up from it. But he's not going to tap from that type of submission. So it's, it's, a, real, it's a real thing about what type of submission does Oliveira try to catch him in if the opportunity's there. If he goes for the neck, look, anybody can be put unconscious. Mm-hmm. You get it deep enough and you, they don't defend it in time. It's gonna work. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think I think the reach, the range, the push, kick, the long jab, the, the using the footwork, just the funkiness of Tony Ferguson. I think he's gonna get it done. I think the mindset also too of him. He is getting older, and I gotta tell you, yeah. I, even before he fought Justin Gaethje, I said like his face is like his facial features started to look like they were weathering. I don't know if it's. I'm not. I'm not trying to be a jerk. No. Yeah. I actually really enjoyed uh, watching Tony fight. I actually like him a lot as a person. Uh, I don't know him as a person. He's a great than, person. Yeah, other than fighting him. He's a great person. But I love Tony. Yeah, I just, I don't have anything negative to ever say about him. I think he's, I think he's a good, I think he's, he seems like a very good guy, you know. And he's an intense guy. Yeah, and I'm, that, that's fine. Like, yeah. Those are all things that come with, you know, trying to be the, one of the best guys in the world, which he is. Um, I just don't, I don't. I don't see how Oliver can get to him. Oliver's chin, sure, he's got a decent chin, but he can be finished. He oh can yeah, be, he can be knocked out. Yeah, and so especially to the body. Yeah, you know, you know and, and Donald Tony's, Cerrone got, and this is nothing. There's certain guys. I don't know if it's their organs are just a little bit closer to that surface or anything. You know, Donald Cerrone is a guy that's he's been able to be hurt to the body. Yeah, and Oliver can be hurt to the body. If you remember, Oliver had a problem. And it was something like with a rib pop against uh, Max Holloway. Yeah. You know, that was a fight that everyone was looking forward to. I was looking forward to it. It just didn't turn out to be anything. He got hurt right away. But body shots tend to, you can see they cause him problems. They tend to make him, all of a sudden he's backing up and he's not being able to be the offensive guy that makes him who he is when he gets these seven-fight win streaks. Hey, I'm excited just to see that those two fights themselves. Those are the two oh, fights yeah. that I'm most excited to see yep. on that card. Hey, there was one more thing. What did you What did you send me, Gian? Um, the Korean Zombie just called out Zabit. No, Wait, I think they just signed. Didn't they, didn't they make oh, that fight? I think they, I think they did, signed didn't that you fight. Send me the fact that they just made that. <laughs> I think I just sent it to you. Uh, yeah, I think Zabit and the Korean Zombie is now signed since Yair is sitting on the sidelines with his. You saw the suspension. How is that? Uh... My stomach's hurting. Now. It's like kind of, it's like kind of cramping up a little bit. It's like, oh, I can't take a deep breath. Oh, it's brutal. 
Oh, uh, yeah. Zabit and Korean Zombie. We talked about this as well. The beat Korean zombie thing is because Yair is going to be out for six months. And I think they're going to hold on to Yair for another six months and they're going to cut him. You think they're going to cut yep. him? I think they're going to let him go. He's been too much. So of why headache. would they hold on to him? Because the longer they hold him, the less another promotion, the shorter another promotion can sign him. Yeah, but see, people are going to think because he's got that suspension from USADA that he can't fight. No, I'm saying that he's going to go through the suspension for okay. six months. And they're going to hold and him because that extends his contract for six more months. You realize that if he leaves the UFC, if the UFC cuts him tomorrow, he could fight for another promotion the next day. Even with the U.S. out of promote suspension. Yeah, it's not through a state athletic commission. Yeah, but most athletic commissions, yeah. they don't recognize They're not going to recognize that. Interesting. Yeah. That's, that's, but the UFC is not going to cut him. No. They won't cut him until after he's back from his suspension. Yeah. And they're going to wait six more months because that extended his contract for six months. And then that will come. So then talk to me about, you know, Dana came out saying that they're going to be having this big cut, which they've had in the past. So everyone's getting like all up in, you know, like getting their, their panties all bunched up like, oh, my God. It's like USC does it all the time. What do you think the, da the Dana White Contender Series does when he's signing all these young fighters? Yeah. There's a reason why he does that. You know, who do you think besides, obviously, we know UL. OSP. Ooh. I, gone. You went right Rachel Osevich was gone. Well, we know that. She's we already know. cut. Yeah, she was cut. I mean, I think OSP right away. They're gonna is, the, is the hot chip growing hair off of your forehead? No, fucking. Fuck, my stomach's <laughs> jacked. It went from I was cool, I was cool, to all of a sudden now I can't even take a deep breath. Ooh. Yeah. So if you were going to bet mybookie.com, go to mybookie.com AG, sign up, you can get. 50% more. If you put $100 in, you get $150. If you put $500 in, you get $750 total. Look at that. That's some math going right there. That's a lot. My bookie, they will have all the odds for both the UFC and Bellator. You can bet on any of the fights. Awesome system. If you were going to say, what is your lock bet since we know you did so well last week? Oh, I lost everything. <laughs> <laughs> My lock. Oh, I can't even think right now. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> so my partner, the real punk, is falling off. He is now dying off to the side. Bubbles are coming up. Oh, no. He's standing over the trash can. And it's not looking good. It is ugly. It is absolutely getting bad. If you hurl, you have lost this. Oh, my God. The milk's going to come up, man. It's going to be ugly. <laughs> so go to mybookie.com also prowrestlingtees.com go to prowrestlingtees.com you can log in there to weighing in you will see a bunch of t-shirts that we have designed go ahead and pick one of those put in the code fight f-i-g-h-t and we will get you 20 percent off on those t-shirts josh is there anything else you'd like to say <laughs> nope Josh is not saying anything. He's just making noises, and it's not pretty. I would like to say thank you to everyone that tunes in. Go to – you can catch us on YouTube, Google, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, any of those. If you go to YouTube, hit the thumbs up. That will send our stuff to your friends and everybody. If you want to hit the thumbs down, go ahead. I don't give a damn. It's still going to say that you watched our videos. I hope you're enjoying them. I hope you enjoyed the Packy One Chip Challenge a lot more than Josh Thompson did because right now the Packy Chip is winning. <laughs>
So everyone, last thing to say is see ya.